It's Adam in T-Board Games. This is post-PAX. PAX is over, and it was a great time. Played lots of games. Saw lots of games. Saw some friends. It was just good. Uh, you're about to hear me uh, interviewing a couple people uh, that worked on games, worked with companies that made games, and talked about games that either are coming out or are out already. So let's let's just get to it. This is Adam of Tibor Games, and uh, this is uh, my first interview at PAX Unplugged. And with me, I have guest co-hosting. I have Owen Powerline. And with me, we are interviewing... Well, introduce yourself. Kevin Crane with Baba Geek Games. All right, Kevin, you have a game. It was a successful Kickstarter, and now you're showing it off. You told me that it's production is almost completed. Uh, tell us a little about your game. Uh, yeah, Robot Riddle is a cooperative storytelling game for anybody that can sit down for a half hour of uh, story time. So uh, it's based on robots. So everyone is playing as a robot, and you've woken up this morning, and uh, every robot in Tinktown has a pet robot, but they've gone missing. So you're on an adventure to try to figure that out, and you're following along in a choose-your-own-adventure-style storybook to figure out what's happening. All right. Um, sorry, how many players? It plays one to six. Uh, so what are, how many different, there's multiple booklets, correct? Yeah, three books in the box. And is there, how many times can you play each booklet? So out of the, each book has about 20 endings, and of those 20 endings, about five are really kind of good that give you lots of background of what's going on in Tinktown and what's happened with the Robits. Uh, so I'm expecting like eight to ten plays because it's going to take you a few plays before you even get to one of those endings. So you're talking like 20 to 30 plays in the box. Okay. Um, is there, I know the game's not even out yet, but there's a possibility of expanding multiple more books and adding on. Yes, I have, I have three more books in my brain right now that I need to get down on paper. And then I have uh, other, like, storybook adventures in the same robot universe that are going to do other things. This, like, this one's specifically heavy on uh, storytelling, uh, kind of RPG. The other one would be, uh, like, uh, character building. Another one might be dungeon crawling, but R- RPG elements. Okay. Owen, do you have any questions? So what's your, uh, like, demographic that you're shooting for here? Like, families or, like, groups of everybody or, like, kind of late night in a bar trivia? Like, what are you going for with uh, the, the style of your game here? So it's, I would say mostly it's families, but uh, I, I have had great success with uh, two other t- groups of adults that were, I'd, fall, I'd say one is, like, people that don't think they're good at storytelling and say, no, I, I don't want to play a storytelling game. But the way I... Uh, designed it, it leads people into storytelling and gets them started, right? So I've had lots of success with that. And I've also had, like, the groups that are, like, really into storytelling love the robots and really getting into this robot character. So, but yes, there's a lot of family-friendly stuff in here. So uh, there's very cute robots that have, you know, all these little pets and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so you mentioned, like, dungeon crawling and other ideas with any of these perhaps go like less family friendly are you are you as baba geek games dedicated to make sure it's good for the whole family yeah it's it's going to be good for the whole family um not to say that it's going to just be targeted at families i I think this kind of like is definitely a little bit more on the family side but uh i i i think i can skirt both sides 
Makes sense. Yeah, no, the art, artwork looks great and the components. This is So is this, like, final product we're looking at on the uh, table there? Uh, it's, it's not final product yet. Um, the actual, right here, we have uh, plastic gears. And actually, I've upgraded to metal gears in the thing. So I'm waiting to get back our um, official uh, production run copy. Uh, but it's also going to have engraved dice and uh, a little bit nicer cards and that kind of stuff. So... Uh, it'll be pretty good. Awesome. I think Owen's about to take a picture. All right. Um, is there anything you want to tell people about last 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 chance pitch? Last chance pitch? Oh, geez. I'm not good at last chance pitches. Um, yeah, if you're looking for something fun that's going to take about a half hour, and it could take five minutes if you choose poorly in the book, or it could take 45 minutes if you're really into storytelling and really get deep into the book. Um, I think this is a great little thing. I don't know too many other games out there like it, uh, so I think it's a little unique and should be at least something to check out. Sounds good. Well, thanks for taking the time, and I hope your show goes well. Hello, I'm Adam, NT Board Games, and I'm here at Osprey Games' booth, and I'm with... Christian Waters with Osprey. Okay, and uh, you have a lot of games here. Yeah, we have some great games. Yes, I, I actually personally owned Escape from Aliens from out, in Outer Space. I love it. My favorite Osprey uh, game of all time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've recently posted about like Halloween games and what games are actually scary, and I feel like hidden movement like Escape really defines that. Yeah, that's that, that game keeps you on your seat of your pants. It's like, I always call it like Alien the Board Game, which isn't even fair because it's just so tension-filled. Yeah, and then you got the cat and all the special items. Is Do you recommend playing with uh, the special abilities? Because I hear some people say not to. I I, I like it because it just adds a whole depth to the game, but you can, you can have a great time just playing the basic mechanics of trying to either get off the ship or hunt down the humans. Got it. Um, so one of the games that caught my attention uh, is Star uh, Cartel. Star Cartel. Uh, you say it's brand new. It's not out yet. It will be out t- this Tuesday uh, following uh, PAX Unplugged. Can you tell me a little about it? Sure. It's a. Uh, it's actually a stock manipulation game. And you play an intergalactic smuggler who's trying to load up your ships with contraband. You're trying. Once you load them up, you ship them out. And of course, you have to pay the cartel because you've got to pay the piper. But so you're going to give them the highest value of uh, the contraband. You're going to give them the lowest value, and you're going to skim the middle for yourself. So you're trying to manipulate the value of the contraband so that when the game is over, you have the most contraband of the most value, and you've driven down the value of what your opponents have been collecting. If you're if you re- if you like numbers and you like to be, have to think quick, it's a great game for you. And how many people does it play? It's uh, three to six. Okay, and you said, I think you said it was like 15 to 30 minutes? Yeah, it's about 20, like 20 minutes. Got it. Um, anything, so do you know what inspired that game? Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I actually don't. I, when I played a, a prototype of it uh, a couple years ago, it was actually like literally ships on the ocean. But we wanted something a little more exciting. And we also, which you could see it, the art's great. Yep. And we found this great teenage artist as a matter of fact and it just seemed to all come together it, it looks great and uh, as I was told that it has the patent and Osprey yes. book box yeah we, you know we're, our roots are actually in book publishing so a lot of our games the, the box opens up in like a clamshell it's like a, opening up a hardcover book and it shelves on your shelf like a book too it'll just it'll stand with spine out <laughs> well thank you for your time uh, you know enjoy the rest of your show okay great thank you very much Adam, 
NT Board Games, and I'm here at PAX Unplugged with Kyle Farron. And w- what company are you with? I'm with Leader Games. I'm the illustrator for Root and Vast and all the stuff they're working on. Awesome. Uh, most people have heard of Vast, but for those who haven't, can you give a little synopsis? Yeah, I'll give you my spiel. Uh, Vast the Crystal Caverns is an asymmetric dungeon crawler where each role is a different set of rules. So it's kind of like five mini games that all play very differently, but they play against each other on the same board. Um, you have the knight, your traditional level up RPG kind of game. Your goblins are playing a population management pusher luck game. The dragon is uh, playing with a card drafting mechanic. And then the cave itself is a playable character where you're trying to expand and then crush everybody. Uh, and then the thief is the fifth player. He just wants to get in, get gold, and escape. So there's a ton of replay value because you can play with different roles and different combinations. You can even play down to solo play for everything except for the cave. Uh, we haven't had too many people been upset about not being able to be a solo cave. Uh, a little bit of a just build it and be happy that you did it situation. <laughs> Are you upset that you can't play a solo cave? I mean, you could. You just set up the map and feel good about yourself. But it's <laughs> not a lot of competition there. Because when you're doing the solo play for the other roles, you're playing against the board, essentially. So you can't be the board playing against the board. but Yet. Maybe? Maybe, maybe. maybe, maybe. Okay. Uh, so the other game uh, is just recently announced. Uh, the Kickstarter, as of this recording, has four days or three days left? Uh, it has three days left on uh, Root, a game of woodland might and right. Uh, it's a game where you play as factions of anthropomorphic animals who are uh, trying to rule a forest. It's also asymmetric like Vast, so each one of the factions functions quite a bit differently. You kind of have... Woodland Alliance, it's like the insurgency group. You have the Marquis de Cat, who's the ruler of the forest. You have the Old Erie Order, which is a group of birds that used to rule the forest and are kind of trying to take back their land. Uh, and the Vagabond, which is a raccoon who slips in and out of the forest, helps some people where they want, and you know stabs others in the back, and can kind of switch alliances as they go through the game. Um, and then the Kickstarter added an expansion that lets you play with up to six players. So there's a river folk faction of otters that's not uh, included in the core box, but that expansion is free to all the Kickstarter backers. So. Nice. Uh, I, I did get to play it, and I played as the woodland creatures, and the Vagabond did help me, like, twice. Yeah. Um, my boss, Patrick Leader, the developer of Root, is very good at playing the Vagabond. <laughs> so we don't let him play Vagabond very much when we, when we play him, because he's, uh, he's wily. He likes to, to, you know, pretend he's your friend and then use you as a meat shield when he's going into a clearing to fight another group of animals. Do you have a preference on which woodland creature you play as? Ooh, I like the Marquis de Cat. Um, my girls always have me draw kitties when, no matter what I'm working on. And so uh, making a faction of cats for this game was kind of a way of getting to draw kitties in my uh, my day day job. <laughs> um, and so I like playing as a Marquis de Cat. I also like because it's a lot of building mechanics. So you're um, harvesting wood throughout the forest, building more uh, sawmills, workshops, recruiters, uh, and you start the game pretty strong. Um, so it's kind of it's more about maintaining uh, the order there, and I like that style of gameplay. Um, the eerie uh, is a little bit more about like constantly picking fights and going out and, and having to to cause trouble, and uh, that's not as much my style. But I think that's what the game offers is that there's something for everybody. Awesome. So these two games have, you did the art for both of them, so these two games have drastically different art. Root is super cute, big eye, like, for your girls, and Vass is, you know, while it's still, like, cartoonish, it does 
putting the, seeing the signs and banners next to each other, you're like, oh, this one seems a little more adult. <laughs> Do you have, like, what are some of your inspirations besides your little girls and cats for yeah. groups? So, um, well, for Vast, uh, we really wanted to tap into that, like, second edition uh, Dungeons & Dragons style art where it's, it's really kind of fast and loose. And so what I did is I just kind of changed my process. So for Vast, I did straight pen to paper, no under underdrawing, no sketches. Um, and so it made me kind of have to live with some of my decisions as I went along. And, and I think that resulted in a really kind of unique art style. And then with Root, um, I did lots of really uh, loose pencil sketches underneath and it helped me play with the composition a little bit more. Uh, and like you said, different inspiration for there because it's a little bit more, you know, inspired by like Redwall or like Disney's Robin Hood and some of those things that I grew up with where, you know, animals in a forest kind of living in this medieval fantasy. Um, and so... Yeah, just different subject matter, I think, informs a lot of the design decisions, but also process makes a difference in how that turns out, too. Well, they both look gorgeous, and I, I'm excited. Like, I took pictures of Root, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I know it's just a prototype in paper, but, like, this is so cute. Yeah, the uh, the prototype looks great, uh, if I do say so myself. The, the, uh, the board I've spent a lot of time with, the actual finished Kickstarter will have a reversible board, so it'll be the autumn map that everyone's playing demos at at PAX here. Um, on the one side, but on the reverse side, there will be a winter-themed map that will have kind of some advanced play options, um, and all of the the cubes that we're using will be replaced by meeples that are the shapes of the animals uh, with some kind of simple features and things on them. If you check out the Kickstarter, I mean, they're really cute. I, I can't wait to get to play with those. So. Yeah, no, they look great. Well, uh, Kyle, thanks for taking the time. Uh, you know, have a good rest of your show. Yeah, you too. Nice to meet you. Adam in T Board Games, and I'm here with Owen again. Oh yeah, Owen from uh, We Are the Horizon. Yes, and we just play tested a fun game, uh, and we have somebody who helped worked on it here to talk to us. Hi, so yeah, I'm Alistair from Rule and Make, uh, co-founder of Rule and Make, and part of the team behind uh, Hand of Fate Ordeals, which you just played. Yes, we did. Uh, so. For those who may have not played the video game or even heard about the video game, can you give a brief synopsis? Yeah, so uh, Hand of Fate Ordeals is uh, part of the Hand of Fate universe. Hand of Fate is a video game produced by an Australian video game company from the same town as us in Australia. Uh, so Hand of Fate Ordeals, we partnered with Defiant Development to bring it to life. It's a full partnership with Defiant, and it's set after the events of Hand of Fate 1, but before the events of Hand of Fate 2. So it's, uh, it's at its core, it's a deck builder with an adventuring element to it, similar to what you would find in Hand of Fate 1, the video game. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me, because there's so many deck builders, but like I liked how in this game you have action uh, attack cards that you kind of can take out of your deck momentarily to build up an attack later, because most of the time it's like, hey, you have five cards, this is your attack. Um, was, is that part of the video game, or is that something new that was incorporated for this? So something interesting about a board game adaptation is that we don't get all the conveniences of a video game. So we have to come up with creative ways to kind of simulate combat without making it tedious and having lots of bookkeeping and number crunching. So the, the idea behind the combat is to give it that sense of, to give players the ability to prepare to go into combat by adding uh, attacks to their weapon, but then also to give the spontaneity of combat through drawing additional stuff at the point of going into combat, which gives it that little bit of variability. Like, 
you're not quite sure how combat's going to go, and you uh, some weapons are going to be better in the spur of the moment versus others which are better if you sit there and plan your attacks out. So we're trying to just capture that variability in combat and simulate a little bit of that uh, excitement and not quite being sure what you're getting yourself into when you go into combat. One of the neat mechanics that I noticed in this game was how once you've defeated one of the bosses, you have the ability to look at the cards that will be placed down and the uh, on the board the same way that you would see the cards that you're putting into the decks in Hands of Fate. How did you decide to keep a mechanic like that into the game, and what made you decide uh, what mechanics to keep and what mechanics to change from adapting the video game over to the board game side? Yeah, so uh, decisions are a funny thing. So when you start off, when we started off in the very early versions, we really didn't know what exactly would work and what wouldn't work and how things might be able to evolve to eventually work. So it was a lot of trial and error, trialing different systems to see, you know, okay, does this translate well from the video game to the board game? Is the way that we're doing it translating well to the board game? And we threw out lots of different combinations of things and eventually settled on that particular evolution of, of the game. So it gives... The, the reason that we did that is that... So it gives the players that sense of urgency to go and find the boss and kill the boss because they get the benefit of seeing what's in the next level, setting the next level for, the, for that game um, without giving them too much of an advantage. Um, earlier in the development, uh, the players would actually get to choose um, uh, a bit more about where they would set the encounters, but we sort of scaled that back so that instead they would see the encounters, but they still shuffle them up and then they, so they, they can lay out the board, but they don't know where everything is. Um, so... Yeah, it, it wasn't a, a direct like, oh, that will be perfect for the board game, and we knew exactly what to do. No, it took about four or five really solid uh, versions of the game before we settled on some core mechanics that still feel like you're playing the game, but are really suitable for the board game space. How long have you been adapting the, this board game? Like, when did you guys start with the idea of, hey, let's do this, and up to until, like, now? Yeah, so we've been talking to Defiant for quite a while now, actually. Uh, I think... Uh, from memory, it was about the end of uh, 2015. We were talking to Defiant, and, and it was sort of about June of last year when we really started to get into heavy development. Um, and then it's really in the last sort of six months, the game has really come together really strongly, and you've got this version that you have in front of you today. So this, this version looks complete, and uh, how much of this is final? Uh, so the version you play today is final. This The base game is done. Um, there's a little bit of artwork and trimmings that we're still working on and some minor art revisions. Uh, at the moment, we're focusing on the expansion content, uh, which is the three royals and their co-op scenarios. Uh, so we should have that done in the next sort of month or so, so we can head into production early next year. Okay, uh, so how many, like, kings, jacks, and queens? So those are the kings, jacks, and queens you get to fight... Um, how many will there be in the final game? So uh, what you played is actually is how many will be in there. So every suit has, uh, every uh, royalty has four different suits, Dust, Scale, Plague, and Skull. And then so when you go in and you fight one of the royalty, that particular uh, set of royalties, so say the Jack, for instance, those four royalties are shuffled up and one is brought out, and that's the royalty that you fight for that particular encounter. So, uh, yeah, there's the four of each royalty, so 12 in total. So, uh, 
there are a lot of cards for you to purchase in this game, and that it, it is sleeved, but that deck is huge. Is there like anything put in there to like? Oh, you know, are you worried about too many cards and people not being able to get through um, vital cards, like maybe destroy cards? Because in the beginning of our game, we didn't see any of that, and I didn't know if any thought has been put into that. Um, so there are some encounters that let you kind of drill down into the deck. So uh, we saw Mr. Lionel come out, which lets you go fishing for a shield. Uh, the Blacksmith, which lets you go fishing for some equipment. So there's some encounters to kind of mitigate that. Um, it's definitely something that we've worked hard to try and try and find the, the right balance between equipment coming out and uh, seeing and not seeing certain cards. Um, so definitely, like, it's, it's incumbent on players to... to uh, Keep an eye on what's on the market in the dealer's row. Uh, pay attention to the encounters that are coming out, and then also think about how to deck build as well. Um, equipment isn't the be-all and end-all. Um, so we, I've had players uh, during packs play, and they've actually managed to defeat the jack using just the rusty axe. So it's 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 not the be-all and end-all. Definitely, as you get into the queen and the king levels, you would probably really struggle with just a rusty axe. Hopefully by that point you've started to cycle through a lot more of the of the dealer's row cards, and so more stuff is starting to come out. And the encounters in the queen and jack le- uh, in the queen and the king level definitely start to help you find more equipment as well. So there is definitely like a ramp up as you get further into the game to sort of mitigate that particular problem. Anything else? Uh, just so you said this is uh, finalized. When is this going to be released? How much? The, you mentioned that there's DLC on the way. Is that going to be launched with it? Or is that going to be uh, uh, something that will be uh, six months after the release of the game? So uh, we'll go into production early next year. And our plan is to have a retail release in uh, March, April, around that time frame. Uh, we'll be releasing the royalty expansion at the same time as the base game is released. So that'll be uh, day one available. Uh, we're doing a special edition pre-order at the moment uh, on our website for anyone that wants to jump involved. I uh, get involved. So that's handoffateordeals.com, one word. Uh, you can check out all, everything that's included. That will go out uh, with our Kickstarter fulfillment, which uh, should start, we're hoping, towards the end of February. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. And there you have it. Some interviews. Uh, I did some more interviews, but they were not on the mic. Uh, one person joked about, like, no, no, don't record it. But, like, it was just casual conversations. It was quicker and easier to do that. And it's easier to talk to people when, you know, they not dedicated to the mic and can teach people to play games. So uh, look forward to that. Maybe the following week or two after this, I know there was... Uh, I did talk of Restoration Games. Something to look forward to. And, yeah. But yes, Max is done. I'm tired, but I made it. So far, no concerts. Let's play some games. <laughs> <laughs>